This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, my name is Dan and I'm one of the 28 people next week who are walking on the March for Bomber, which is a 26-mile walk from Foy, need to where most of us live in Cornwall, heading up to Plymouth, to Argyle, ahead of, hopefully ahead of the Millwall match, walking, as I said, for 26 miles. Now, this is something that we've devised as a, as a group of mates. Our friend Ian Bomber Harris has uh, unfortunately got stage four cancer, his story is is, is, a, is something really worth reading. And we're doing this walk because we want to raise awareness of the situation and hopefully get some money to be able to support Ian and his lovely wife, Kate, be able to make things as comfortable as they can for Ian and for to be able to support the struggles that he faces. Ian, as I said, is an Argyle fan through and through, part of the banana bus that most of us travel on. Uh, someone who now really needs specialist treatment to to prolong life, to support his the rest of his life to be as comfortable as possible. And that's where we wanted to help. So walking 26 miles, definitely not our ideal preparation for a game, but something that we are incredibly proud to do for our, for our friend Ian. Um, where you can support is by donating. We have a Just Giving page and we have a QR code. We will be around in bright pink t-shirts on the day, scattered around the stadium with buckets for cash, with QR codes. And any donation, be it a pound or more, would go a long way to help in this situation. We, you know, it would wish it would be another sellout at home park. If every Argyle fan could just donate a pound, the amount of difference that could make would be something else. So I really, really want to thank the thank the podcast for supporting us. Um, and uh, Sam, who, who joins the podcast quite regularly, is one of the people walking. So your donations will really support a very deserving, inspirational friend of ours. Hello and welcome back to another preview episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Saturday sees Argyle travel to Hull, the home of William Wilberforce, the Humber Bridge, Patty and Chips, the Bee Lady, cream-coloured phone boxes, the 2017 City of Culture, dead bod, Venn diagrams and the smallest window in the world. Joining us this week ahead of the Peter Halmosi derby is Ant from To Hull and Back. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, we'll get on to Peter Halmosi uh, in a bit. I know yeah. he's, he's not your favourite of the whole player. Um, but 
Just starting with Hull themselves, how, how how's the season gone so far? Are you happy with results and performances? Oh, yeah, really well. I think um, the vast majority of us are expecting a mid-table finish. Um, currently sat fourth, and we only lost once. Uh, and that was on the opening day to Norwich. So we're currently um, six unbeaten, I think it is. Um, we've played, you know, some really tough teams, Leicester, Bristol City, Leeds. Um, you know, we, 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 we're going well. Um, I think the summer recruitment's been good and it's given us a nice solid base to sort of kick on for the rest of the season. Yeah, not not everybody can beat Norwich. Um, you know, <laughs> no, obviously you to, not. You have to be excellent uh, to down the Canaries. Um, obviously, you joined us on our pre-season preview. And uh, yeah. if I remember rightly, you were saying that a mid-table um, finish. I assume that your mm. expectations have changed. No, I mean, it's only, what, seven games into the season. We've started well, yeah, but, you know, we could lose the next two or three and, um, you know, find ourselves in that mid-table position. So it's still a bit early to, to be changing predictions. I think I, I, I still think we'll be top 10, um, whether or not we've got the, the minerals to stay in the top six. So we'll be um, something we maybe revisit after about 20-ish games, uh, if we're still up there and in about. So, yeah, no, but definitely optimism for the start, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting too carried away. Fair enough. You're also full of praise for Liam Rossini, and I assume, you know, if you're sitting fourth, you're still full of praise for him as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel I feel like um, he's come through, a, you know, the first two games of the season, we lost to Norwich and we didn't play very well. We, we played horrific against Doncaster in the Cup um, and went out and, you know, people were starting to ask questions about whether or not this changing system or the players he's brought in, uh, even him as a manager was going to be, you know, the the success story that we want it to be. But he's, he's, he's navigated his way through every obstacle that he's had as city manager so far. And, and he's very, very early into his managerial career. So he's already showing that he's got that noose in him to, um, you know, make changes, adapt, um, re-inspire players, man-manage players to be better, uh, to get the best versions out of themselves. So, um, And he's got the club all pulling together, the fans optimistic. So, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm still over the moon with Rosinha. And I think um, he's definitely the man to take us forward. Yeah, you, you you mentioned your summer transfer window already. Give us some names to look out for. Um, Liam Delap. Um, he is he's he's he had a very uninspiring season last season. Two different loan spells at Stoke and Preston. Um, you know, I think he only scored the three goals or something like that. Um, and and their fans went full of any praise for him whatsoever. He came here. Um, you know. We, as you do when you sign a new player, you kind of look to the reaction of these the the previous clubs that he's played for and their fans as to whether or not you know you've got a, a good acquisition there and 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 you you kind of underwhelmed by it. But he's been absolutely fantastic. I think he's our player of the season so far. Um, his 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 ability to hold up the ball, he's freakishly fast. Um, you know, really really good on the turn. Um, he just causes defenders all sorts of problems, and it's not just his goal return that that is important for us. He's only scored the two this season. Um, it's his ability to create space, run at defenders and, um, you know, give us the platform for the other players around him, i.e. your Aaron Connollys and your Ozan two fans who have got nine goals between them to to flourish in their position. So, yeah, Liam Delap's been good. Um, I feel like um, Jaden Philogene, who we've signed on a permanent from Villa, um, the two, three games he's played, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, he's just the, the he's, he's that flair eccentric winger that every single fan wants to see at their club. First thought when he gets the ball is I'm going to take my man on and he'll go either way. He'll create. He's looking like a player who's going to create us a lot of goals. He win a lot of fouls. He's a very frustrating player to play against. I would imagine. I'd get a red card playing against him. I know that for certain. 
Um, but no, yeah, he's very exciting. Liam Delap's very exciting. Um, we've, we've got Ruben Vinagra, I feel like, was asked probably one of our most important signings of the summer, but he's not really kicked into um, full fitness, I don't think, yet. We've not seen the best of him. He's been in and out the side. I feel like he's getting his, his sharpness up there and we're starting to see what he's capable of, but um, he's really not hit the heights that we've we've expected of him. And Ryan Allsop in goal has had two man of the matches in the two games he's played. Um, so um, he's he's been a player that I think, because we want to play out from the back under Rosinia, we want to be a side that dominates possession and Matt Ingram is a very good goalkeeper, very good shot stopper, but distribution-wise and ball at his feet, he doesn't really suit the system. And we always look for another goalkeeper to sort of take his place. And Allsop's come in, another another goalkeeper who Cardiff fans, you know, went, went biggest fans of, and he's come in, he's been fantastic. Not only his shot-stopping ability, but when he's on the ball, he helps get us out of those high presses that team, teams want to sort of deploy against us to try and cause his issues when, we, when the defence has got the ball and we're trying to play out. He is another option. He's just as good on the ball as any of our midfielders so far. Uh, he pings passes left, right and centre and he's, he's looked really good. So um, he could be that missing piece to the puzzle that that we've been looking for to complete this system. So, no, yeah, we've had a very good um, summer. Um, there's definitely a lot of danger in, in our side. Um, we've got a very strong bench. Jason Lakilo is another summer signing. He doesn't really start, but he's a, he's a player I think probably deserves to start. Um, he's very he's, he's a bit like Philogene. He's very exciting. He wants to run at players, take them on skills. All that kind of stuff and put deliveries in the box. So, yeah, there's quite quite a few um, summer signings to look out for against Plymouth, definitely. Yeah, you said about the um, the reaction of previous fans. Obviously, you sort of stole my point and named them all. You know, like two fan. Um, I don't remember him getting glowing reviews from Watford. Um, Delap Connolly with Borough as well. Yeah, exactly. And also, like what I saw of him last year, I was very surprised that he went for him, but like you said, mm. he's already, he's already proving um, that wrong. And talking of talent, um, I mentioned him in the, the intro, uh, not many have pulled on the shirt of both club, uh, but the most high profile is obviously Mr. Peter Halmosi. Mm. Uh, although you're not his biggest fan, um, how, how did he get on in Hull? Uh, not great. Um, I think he was one of those signings where, you know, we got promoted to the Premier League and we were looking to add a bit of depth to the squad. Um, and obviously he'd had, I, I don't know how many years he was at Plymouth, but he, was, he, he, he always played well against us. He's one of those players that mm. whenever you're against them, they always seem to play really well. So when you sign them, you're thinking, oh, we've, we've got a good player here. But it just never happened for him here. I don't know if it was just a case of he never really adapted to living up here. I don't know if it was the case of, you know, the system or, or the squad that he just never really fit into. He just... When he came here, he just never really got a good run in the side. He couldn't get in above Richard Garcia, um, and when he did get his chance, he didn't take it. So, um, I don't, I don't hate him. I just feel like at the time, the two and a half million pounds and the and the very exciting winger that that we had seen and, and was promised from from Plymouth at the time, where we didn't really get, and you guys just sort of got a, a little bonus, two and a half million pounds. Really, <laughs> we, do, we we might as well just bank transferred you and let let you keep him. Yeah, nice, nice. We, we would have happily had him back, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, sort of, let's segue back to the game before we segue away again. Um, obviously, long trip to the, is it the MKM or the KMK? It is the MKM at the minute, yeah. The MKM awaits us, obviously, this weekend with, with rail strikes not helping. Uh, how, how do you see this one going? Um, I always find these games really, um, really difficult to, to try and predict because, we're really good at home at the minute. We've only lost once in the last 16. Um, we've only lost seven times in the, the 38, I think, and that Rosini has been in charge of. And, and like we say, we started the season really well. We've got goals in us this season, which is something we didn't have last season. 
Um, you know, we've got firepower, we've got good squad depth. The, the bench is one of the strongest I've seen from from a Hull City side since the Premier League days. Um, everything should be pointing to, and with Plymouth not being so good away from home, I want to say it should be a Hull City win. But these are the kind of games that we lose. So the the, the games where you know teams are desperate in, in need of changing the fortunes around, either they're on a run of losses or I not won away for a certain amount of time or something like that. We like to be very charitable in that sense, and um, teams usually come away from 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 us with points. I mean, my mind's taken back to uh, when Peterborough lost their first seven games of the season um, in one championship season under Brucey, I think, and we were in the playoff places and they came to the to to, to the MKM and, and, and tenders over three one. It it feels like it could be one of those games. Um because Plymouth have got a lot. I mean they've showed already with I mean they dismantled Norwich in the last game with six goals. And I think Norwich will be a team that are trying to challenge for at least the top two this season. So you've got firepower, you've got a squad that works hard and knows how to win games and you've you've carried that momentum over from League One and I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I, I said at the beginning of the season that I thought Plymouth would be one of the sides, you know, fighting to stay up in this league. Um, and, and from what I've seen so far, I can't see them down there. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. We know we're going to be in for a, for, for a tough task. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But I've got faith in Rosinia that, that you know, he's been working hard on the tactics and, 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 he, and you know, he's, ex- he's highlighted some some weaknesses maybe to exploit. And, um, you know, we've got hopefully, you know, Louis Coyle back from, from suspension. I think he's back for this game. So, uh, and, and, and possibly rested a few of the players for... Um, for this game, I mean, we didn't start two fan Delap or um, who else did we start? Twine against uh, Stoke and still came away with three one win. So um, perhaps a bit of game management in times of you know minutes played because I think we played three games in a week last week. So um, maybe keeping them fresh for Plymouth and you know Ozan coming back from injury scored four goals all at home this season. So maybe he comes back into the side. But we've got a, you know a squad that's got goals all over them. And it's I, I I want to be optimistic and say a whole win, but I I know it's going to be a tough game. I, I, it'll be a draw, I think. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, whilst we're on the uh, the MKM, a few food based questions. Um, mm. obviously I've noticed you feature on Footy Scran. Um, yeah, and you've been awarded a few prizes for food as well. Talk us through your offering. What do you recommend? Um, well, the 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 katsu curry chicken box, I think, was the one that won the um. The, the the fan vote last year for best match day scran in the football league. So I would probably go for the safe bet in that one because if that's if that's what everyone voted for, then it must be good. But you know the the, the menu's amazing. For 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 match day food, I mean I remember when I was a kid and the food that you got given at concourses in across the country was just you know it was it was dismal. But some of the offerings that we've got at the minute it's, it's you you almost feel like you're in a restaurant at times. It's mad. Yeah nice whilst whilst we're on food talk us through your local delicacy uh, patty and chips. Mm. I'm surprised if many Argyle fans even know what that is. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I say the patty and chips. Uh, it's it's basically just um, it's just like a fish cake. I don't know if you get fish cakes down where you guys are. Yeah, yeah. I assume so, or some version of it. It's just basically that with the uh, chips and obviously chip spice. Chip spice is massive in here. We put chip spice in absolutely everything. Uh, oh. I don't know if that's the southern thing again. I don't know. Um, obviously the paprika seasoning on chips. Right, right. Like yeah, yeah, no, that's that's yeah, we're mad on chip spice around here. Um, yeah, uh, the, the patty, see, I, I, I aren't actually the biggest fan of it. I was reluctant to to comment on this one because I'm I feel like I'll get scapegoated by everybody now. I um, recommend that, just get the katsu, 
Yeah, yeah, just get that. I don't think he could get the 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 patty at, at City anyway. I think he'd have to go somewhere in in Hull for that. You'd have to find a fish and chip shop. All right, but well, I've got a few quick fire uh, questions then. Um, I did pre warn you, but I didn't tell you all of them. Uh, favorite mm. bit of local dialect? From what I found online, you've got Mithard going on road, Mafton and Hardon, which obviously I laughed at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I think Mafton's probably the favorite one um, because. I, I used to I used to live in Leeds for a bit. When I worked in a warehouse there, um, it got hot in the summer, really hot. And I could just remember one time I just said, "Do you know what? I'm absolutely mafting." And everybody in the room just looked at me like I was speaking foreign. <laughs> and that was the moment where I realised I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's just something we say." And I had to then explain that it meant it's just far too hot. Um, but you know, we have some, we do have some some odd words. We don't pronounce the letter H round here. So if anything's got an H, it, it just doesn't. It, we, we've got a twenty three letter alphabet, so. Um, like, I think oh, I remember some con- controversy about a, a Hull rebrand, and it didn't it had a lowercase H, and everybody kicked off about it. Um, uh-huh. I remember reading that in, I want to say, the Guardian several years ago. Uh, no, anyway, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, uh, favorite thing to do in Hull. Um, I mean, there's the obvious ones are deep in it. Um, you know, the the submarium. I think it's you know got penguins, fish, tails, got everything in there. Um, we call, we that's do what have a, people call an aquarium, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the difference between an aquarium or a submarium is. I think a sub because the deeps basically like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I'll have to have a look. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's essentially just a giant aquarium with loads of different fish and stuff in. Um, it, it's very nice as well. Yeah, it's I can't like imagine many of our fans yeah. going to that because we have our own uh, national marine aquarium. So, uh, uh, well, yeah. So you'll be seeing the same stuff. <laughs> you, but we do have a very good i mean okay. i would i would i would definitely advise if you come in like either the day before or you're staying like the day after or anything like that we have a very good i mean the city center the old town bit we i mean like i think a lot of the city of culture bid was based around you know how how old and tight basically like i mean they filmed an old home season two there i think they've got like the cobbled streets really thin um really old style classic looking pubs like the yieldy white heart places like that They've got the museum quarter, which, you know, the, the museums are free. You can actually just go in them, like Street Life, Maritime and all them places like that. You can just go in and make, they ask you to make a donation, if, if obviously, towards the museum to keep it, you know, for upkeep and everything. But in terms of going there and, and, and experiencing different things like that, it holds really good for that. Nice. Yorkshire, Humberside or East Riding? It's, um, I say Yorkshire. I mean, it is the East Riding of Yorkshire. So, I mean, them two probably blend into the same, but. Yeah, it's always been Yorkshire for me. Um, Humberside is by usually said by Leeds fans because they don't want to claim us. Right. Yeah, I just I, that, the only Hull fan I know um, changes his mind every time. <laughs> I mean, technically, I mean it's the same same as Middlesbrough being like you, you're at the they're at the side of the River Tees, so they are T side geographically, but it is they are North Yorkshire. So like with us, we're by the Humber, so technically it's Humberside, but that is not a recognised. Uh, Count, county boundary anymore it is East Yorkshire officially so you can't really say Humberside because that doesn't exist or done since the 90s or something like that right fair enough um, yeah moving on you've already you know you might have offended some of your own with, with your patty talk so let's not let's not get into county yeah maybe um, <laughs> favourite bit of Hull based history um, Ebenezer Cobb Morley was one of the founders of football and he's from Hull so oh, nice. um, that's always a good one to bring up yeah, that works pretty well. And then, last but not least, best pub for away fans. Um, oh, 
I don't know actually. I don't know which pubs are away away fans in. I'm I'm pretty sure um, one of those where you've got to like drinking. I've never been to Hull. Well, I have, but as a child, and I saw George Boateng in the club shop. But that's a story <laughs> for your podcast, maybe. Um, is it one of those where you drink in the city and then transport out? Or yeah, I mean, I think I think the majority of the pubs will let away fans in. Um, you know, there's. I mean, if you're coming on train, obviously by the train station, you've got an admiral of the Humber Weatherspoons, which is always a, an absolute banker. If if you're wanting cheap booze and and they've got a beer terrace and things like that, so that's always a good one to go to. Um, you know, it's just you know, it's spoons at the end of the day. <laughs> but, so if you're all right with that, that's probably where I'd suggest going. It's where I'll all probably right, be. We'll go. We'll go with that one. Um, two more before you go. Just a quick score prediction. You've already said draw, but stick yeah. some numbers on it. I'm going to go score draw. I think it'd be 1-1. Nice. And before you go, where can people find your content? Uh, yeah, so we're on Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Facebook. We uh, do weekly episodes on a Sunday. Um, it's worth following if you're an opposition fan because we do get opposition fans on like yourself um, and talk about you know their team. So it's not just entirely Hull City-based stuff. You do get, obviously, people from... I mean, you're coming on our show later today, aren't you? So um, it is worth following. We We, we, we try to be a bit um, you know, well, as I say, when 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 they're on, we try and be as neutral as we can, as you do. Uh, but it's always worth a, worth a listen. And if you, uh, any subscribers on YouTube as well, we'll appreciate. It. I think we're we're trying. We're, we're nearly at five hundred now, so we're on that push. So if anybody can do that, that's massively appreciated. They can follow us on Twitter at Hull underscore and underscore back. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you. what immortal Adama Traore could frame thy fearful Connolly? I'm back with uh, Joe, Graham, Sam and Dan to talk about our trip to Humberside. I will be there. Uh, who else is planning on making the trip? Don't on your own, leave. on your own, on your own. No, I, know for, I know for a fact. I will, be there. I will be there. We're leaving at uh, 3.30 in the morning. Um, for the for the trip, uh, so yeah, very should be a, a very long day, but uh, hopefully a very good day as well. <laughs> Just for context for all the other listeners that don't know how ridiculously early they leave, Sam is indeed going from Plymouth and not from like Italy, not from not from Scunthorpe, which will be very early. Graham, are you making the trip to Humberside? No, I did Preston and Bristol. Um, <clears throat> Hull is uh, I'm I'm doing Ipswich, but not Hull. You will not be going to Hull and back. That feels like an obligatory pun for any reference uh, to a trip to Hull City. So we'll start off with a, a listener 
comment uh, as we look ahead to the whole game. The Crazy Pilgrim says, pasted Norwich in the end and we finished this time for once. That's the big difference and we'll make or break our season. Would you change anything for Hull or go at them too? We finished like today, we win games. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you, given that you uh, are actually planning to be there on Saturday. Sure. Uh, yeah, I will. I would say I'd go with an unchanged um, uh, shape for sure, um, because I think ultimately, um, sort of re- without wanting to re- reopen the whole tactical debate from earlier, I think whilst the there may be some times where, where it's more suited to, to play four three three, the one benefit of four three three maybe it's games when, when we are trying to control the midfield a bit more. On games where we're hoping that to, to you know suck it up and hit them on the counter. The the um three four three is going to be better. I know that sounds a bit counterintuitive saying that when we scored six goals, but let's not forget we did only have you know thirty one percent possession in the Norwich game. So as much as we were absolutely amazing, it wasn't a it wasn't the victory of possession. It was a victory of rapid, fluent counterattacking football. I think if we are to get anything at Hull, we're going to play the same way. I don't think we're going to be up by trying to control the game because Hull this season are a very good team. They've got um, they've got um, uh, Liam. I nearly said Rory Delap, but they've got Liam Delap, very promising young lowly. They've got Scott Twine, who terrorised us so badly on the final day for MK. Um, they, they've got a decent looking squad, and they're, they're, they've started the season strongly. As have Norwich. I think. Although it's an away game rather than a home game, in terms of strength of opposition and in terms of how we're best to maximise our chances, it's it's not a dissimilar game to Norwich at all. Um, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on, on exactly how Hull play tactically, but I know that Liam Rossinia, as at Derby, is a manager who tries to dominate possession. So we're not gonna we're not gonna win win by trying to out possession them. That's not going to be. That, that's not going to be a, a, an equal fight, in all honesty. We, we might do, I could be wrong, but I don't think we would do. I think the best way to get to get a draw or even better out of the game is going to be counter-attacking football. Um, so I think we stick with 3-4-3. Three, three. Probably stick with an unchanged team in terms of personnel, subject to fitness, fatigue, you know, availability, etc. Or at least a very similar team because we're the whole week's break. So it's not as if there's a midweek in between that we need to worry about burnout too much and it's still, you know, quite early in the season. I would say unchanged shape, unchanged style, and probably unchanged starting eleven. Would anyone disagree with Sam and make any significant changes either to the formation or to the personnel or both? I, I did wonder whether Pleggy, I don't know whether it was cramp that he went off with, but he was struggling at the end, so <clears throat> hopefully he'll be fit. But um, Hull is the surprise package of this season, and as Sam's alluded to with Connolly, um, Twine and Delap, they've got quite a potent force. Although I gather Scott Twine hasn't been making starts for them, which is quite interesting. Um, That's some player to have off the bench. It is probably will be a very big test for us. And what we mustn't do is concede two goals in the first 10, 15 minutes or whatever. So I think we'll start probably five at the back, keep it secure, and then try and hit them on the break. But they do, they play a 4 4. 1-1 one, one system, so they're not quite as um, attacking as some of the teams, but they're quite compact defensively. So it will be a big challenge, and if we can get a draw, I think most people will take that. Wishing to sound like a broken record on the pod, get to the 10-minute mark without conceding a goal. That is the first objective. And actually, when I was following it yesterday at work, and I saw that we'd got past the first 10 minutes and the game was nil-nil, I sort of sat back and let out a small 
sigh of relief to think that right there's a foundation been built here and it you know i i kept saying it for the last two podcasts but it, it's just it's it's a basic thing isn't it and Shui said about going back to basics and that was one thing we did very well yesterday and you see out the first 10 minutes and the home crowd will be going there on Saturday after they get a, a good win today at Stoke City with a 3-1 win and they're flying high in the league they'll be going there expecting to beat newly promoted Plymouth Argyle and if we can keep it tight in the early exchanges 10-15 minutes get through that first that first quarter of the game you know you don't know how the crowd will react and and we can we can build into our own performance and as Graham says I would expect us to start with a 3-4-2-1 or the 3-5-2 however, however you want to phrase it and then it will allow us the flexibility to change if we can if we are then able to impose ourselves in the game but this looks like it could be a very, very real test. And if anything that the last week has taught us is to not get too high with the highs and not too low with the lows. Um, and it's one game back to the one game at a time mentality and, and just see where it gets us come, come full time on Saturday. And of course, no one uh, personifies even-keeled, sanguine reactions to not getting too high with the highs or low with the lows as Sam Down, who joins us on the podcast here tonight. Uh, Dan, would you make any significant changes for the visit to Hull? No, very few, to be fair. Um, I suppose that the Pleggy situation is an interesting one because if he is unavailable at any time, I'm just trying to think of who would play right centre-back. I know Gillespie came on and played there um, for the, like, the last couple of minutes yesterday, but as a, as a kind of long-term solution... Yeah, it doesn't seem like an ideal fit, does it? So that's a, a little bit of a worry, but you know, it's what it is. No, I, I think yeah, let, let's let's go same again and see how we go. Um, I did watch the Hull game uh, earlier today. Um, thought their their centre backs looked very kind of strong and and good in the air and and you know tough. But I don't think they'll get bullied by anyone, not even Mustafa Bundu. But uh, Greaves, their left centre-back, has managed to pick up five bookings already, which is quite a feat. Uh, so he won't be playing. Centre-back that they brought on, his name escapes me now, but it'll, it'll be him probably in, uh, instead. It, it, as, as the others have said, it's going to be a tough test. I think they have got some really good players. Um, Ruben Vinagre is a very, very good left-back at this level. Uh, and I think... Joe Edwards will have to be on his game. Uh, Vinagre likes to play really high up the pitch and overlap. So Edwards will probably be, that will be the kind of the the uh, the man marking. So that 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 will be an important battle. Um, and yeah, you know, they brought Delap and Twine off the bench today, which just kind of says how good their squad is because that's that's a scary couple of subs to bring on. Um, and I thought Seri in, in centre mid looked like he kind of pulled the strings quite well as well. So I think it will be important for if Randall and Houghton can get in his face, although he does like to drop quite deep and receive the ball. So it will be, might be chasing him a bit, but um, it, it should be a good game. Shame I can't go, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a real challenge and let's see if we can, as Joe said, keep it tight and then and then pick something up. McLaughlin, I think, potentially the player who came on for Hull that you forgot the name of, Dan? That's the one, yeah. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made before the Preston game, which we ended up 
going on to lose when I was critical of people who were incredibly impressed by Preston winning at Stoke because uh, my reasoning there being that Stoke are rubbish. You know what? In fact, I'm going to make the same mistake. Stoke are rubbish. Um, this I think this is a, a perennial pundit blind spot that they are anything other than a total basket case of a club at the moment, unfortunately. John, you're setting it up for them to be and this is not, and this is therefore not me saying and therefore we will win at Hull. But I do also think there's a limit to how impressed I'm going to be by teams going to the Britannia Stadium and winning. And what I'm actually setting up here, Sam, is us to get stuffed at the Britannia Stadium whenever we go there this season, more than jinxing losing at Hull. Third, um, third to last game in the season. Right. So that, we'll, was what we'll, I was, we'll, that, that was what I was suggesting. What about losing at Hull? I'm suggesting ah. we're going to get battered by Stoke. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, but we'll be safe by then. Anyway, right. We at Hull, uh, you know, do, I mean, we have... I think the best home record since the beginning of last season of now of any club in, in the football league, I believe um, just an unbelievable home record. Hull though under Liam Rossinia also have a very good home record ever since he came in um, sort of, I think towards the middle part of last season and this year um, their results at home have been a four, two win against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but a, believe I'm right in saying that all of their other home league games they have drawn. They drew one all with Bristol City, uh, one all with Coventry, and nil-nil with Leeds, who went down to 10 men, although Hull should have won that game. Um, I forget who it was, one of their players basically missing an open goal and hitting the post. Um, So unbeaten at home, but also only having won once at home. Um, Joe, do you take heart from the fact that they're potentially struggling to put teams away? On their own patch, or are you more concerned that it, it's a fortress in terms of being able to leave with all three points? I'm more concerned that we've got one point on the road, which is something you failed to mention. Um, so, it's yeah, I don't, I don't tend to. It's still early days, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't tend to get hung up on whether a team's better home or away. I know there's some extreme examples, i.e. We have nine points at home and we have one point on the road. That is an extreme example, but that's been built up over a period of time now where we are historically better at home than away. Um, whereas I think you'd probably have to have a proper look at Hull's recent seasons to work out if there is a, as big a disparity between their form as, as what we've got. So as everyone's already said, you know, Hull will be a very, a very good test of us, a good test of our metal. I think... One thing I will say, just going away from this point, but just because you've given me the platform to say it, I'm actually really pleased to see Liam Rossinia get a decent job like this um, because I do think he was... Derby fan, the um, Derby fans are going to be are going to be texting in, Joe. Excellent, excellent. Well, that will boost Aaron's numbers, which he's very keen on. Um, he loves the content um, because I actually thought he was harshly treated by Derby. Um, so there's one for you. So I'm I'm pleased to see him get a good go at this job. Um, and as mentioned, he seems to have assembled a really good squad. Um, those who listened to me and Aaron go on with Gab Sutton at the start of the season and give our Argyle preview, um, may or may not know that I tipped Hull to be the surprise relegation candidates in the championship, given that everyone was pitching them at the top end of the division. Um, and I've seen a few extended highlights um, of them this season, and my humble pie is about to go ting 
out of the cooker, I think. Um, and I have a huge dollop of ice cream to eat with it because I don't, they look a very, very good side. So, um, yeah, that, you know, they will like, but then again, you're talking about um, whether or not we can explore an avenue with our home form. Um, I point you to exhibit A, Bristol City's home form before a 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday night. Um, so I don't p- put too much credit on uh, on their form at the moment because it is early days and I do think they are a much better side than certainly I gave them credit for um, going into the season. Graham, have you been impressed by Liam Rossini? Yeah, as, as others have said, you got a raw deal at Derby. Um, and, of course, he's a black manager, which is always good to see somebody progressing. And can I just say, good to see Darren Moore back at, in the championship as well. Um, one thing I would say about Hull is, looking through their stats, they have one of the most, highest number of passes per game and one of the highest pass accuracies per game in the championship. So they've outpassed the likes of Leeds and um, they didn't quite match Leicester. But of course, they're the only team that have beaten Leicester and they've beaten them away from home. So they clearly got some capability within the team. And we've just got to hold tight, get to half time without conceding and then build from there. Um I don't want us to see us going gung-ho because if you remember after the debacle at Wembley, Shuey reverted to a bit more defensive system for the last four away games. And we won all four away games to secure the um, the championship. So I can see us doing that again. And, and I, hope, I hope that he does. And if we've got every chance of getting a, a draw, I'll take a draw now. And if, if we can build on a substantial defensive performance in the first half and then see if we can nick, nick a winning goal, that'd be brilliant. I know I know we we all praise the the hunger and the enthusiasm and the the fearlessness of this young um dynamic group of players we've got, but I do wonder now after last Tuesday night whether or not they've had their fingers burnt quite badly with their fearless attitude into every game that they go into and perhaps now they appreciate that a more conservative approach isn't always a bad thing you can yes you can still play your brand of football you can still express yourselves um but you do so when appropriate not just because you want to be the best team out there you have to you know you have to earn the right to express yourself in a game um, you don't just have a God-given right from the first whistle. So, and you earn that right, in my opinion, by you know keeping it solid and and going through the gears as the game goes on. Yeah, I have horrible visions of us starting as slowly as we have in some of the other away games, and then just being absolutely all over us for the first twenty minutes with with those you know really high quality, aggressive attacking players they've got, and with as Graham mentioned that um, passing style um i've got a friend who's a whole fan um and by all accounts the place is is bouncing at the moment after years of of relative you know uh, relatively being starved for success obviously they did go up out of league one but that was i think their fans would say an aberration in terms of um their recent history of playing in the championship and even the premier league and also uh was during covid uh so there won't have been any fans in the ground to enjoy it 
Anyone else got any any whole related pointers, things to watch? Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they still do their uh, repertoire of pre-match songs. Um, that, that, <laughs> as, as of uh, <laughs> yeah, Tigers, Tigers, Burning Bright, followed by um, well, what's the other one that they do? The city's on they fire. Still... I don't think they've ever actually played in the ground. I think that's more of a. But um... let's, let's just hope. Let's just hope we don't see them. You know, mauling us. Um, Across the barrier to the away end. Yes, yeah, anyone Joe, like Joe's to... doing a great visual impression of the mall with a tiger song. If, if only this was a recorded podcast, it would be, that would be made into a gif if this was a recorded podcast. If, any, if anyone would like some uh, very entertaining whole related viewing before the game, type in "the city's on fire," whole city on on YouTube, and um and listen away one of the more more dubious fan songs. Uh, that I've heard, but you know, of course, this is coming from uh, a club uh, and an individual who who likes to proudly belt out the Janna song before kickoff. So, um, no, we're gonna say, I'm sure they'll be pointing and laughing at the Janna song because, to be fair, we point and laugh at their at their song as well. Correct. Um, all right. Before we go, I'm going to ask each of you for a prediction for the game, starting with Joe. I predict that we will wear our away kit, and the score will be. Oh, sorry, you wanted a score prediction. I do apologise. Um, I think if we apply ourselves defensively like we did um, yesterday when we needed to, um, I don't see any reason why we can't come out of this with at least a point. Um, so I'm going to sit very firmly on the picket fence and say Hull City 1, Plymouth Argyle 1. Because we are good enough to score. We have the quality to score. Um, it's just about whether or not we can keep it tight at the back. Graham? Yeah, I'll go with a 1-1 one, one with a hope for a 1-0 steal in the 89th minute. I'd rather like that. Uh, I sadly think we'll probably just get edged. 1-0. <laughs> Genuinely, before anybody asked I was going to go for 1-1 one, one as well. Um, so I could say something different just for the sake of, be, of being edgy, but no, I'm going to Go with the consensus. I just think um, maybe I'm over overreacting to to the high of, of the Norwich win and get, going away to a team in the top six is going to be very, very tough. But, you know, they are prone to the odd draw at home. And I just think if we play like we did, we can maybe contain them a bit. Obviously, you know, when, when there's not going to be an unbeaten run forever. We are going to lose lose some games. And obviously, a, a game away to a team in the top six is, uh, is probably one of the games that we're on paper most likely to lose out of any. But... You know, football works in funny ways. Sometimes you win games you're absolutely not expected to, and 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 you know lose games that you'd be hoping to win. Um, so yeah, I just think we'll we'll frustrate them. Uh, we'll, we'll get on their backs a bit, and I I think it could play out a bit like the Southampton and, and Birmingham games, but without the the bad ending. I think they'll take the lead. I think we'll just stay calm and then just you know push on a bit and 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 go a bit more attacking. We will eventually score. But then, unlike the Southampton and the Birmingham games, we won't go so gung ho, and we will defend the draw and see out the draw. That's the way I see it going. So yeah, one one. For my part, I think I've predicted one one for our last three away games. I can't exactly remember what I said before Birmingham, but I definitely said that certainly on Tuesday and I think last Saturday. And I've obviously been very wrong um, in those in those predictions so far. So I unfortunately agree with Dan. I think this is going to be a really really tough game. On the plus side. Um, I don't think games like this are going to be the ones that define our season. Um, and so I think if we go up there and, and give it a good go, I'll be I'll be happy with that. Um, my prediction is that we will lose uh, 0-1-4-8-2-1.
There we another whole joke. So there we go. There we have it. Nobody had us to win. So when we do, you can all um, tweet us and comment on Facebook mocking us when we do get the win because none of us have predicted it. Aaron will say he would have predicted it if he'd been on, but uh, I'm sure hindsight. And just and just for context for for those um, unfamiliar with the telephone area codes of the UK, one of Hull's chances that they chant their area code, which is oh one four eight two altogether now oh one four eight two. Oh one four eight oh one four eight oh one four eight two Hull. On your hey, own, on your own, on your own. I really, I really did go to university with a Hull fan through their period of incredible, or one of their periods of incredible success, getting up into the Premier League, um, and and you know the absolute nadir of Plymouth Argyle football club's recent history as well. So that's always been a source. Going two nil up in the FA Cup final as well to us against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, I'm uh, with, with uh, I believe, Plymouth Argyle legend James Chester among the goals that day, Sam. Can, I don't know if you remember that, but I think he was. That is, that is correct. I think he put them 2 up. Um. Anyway, so, yes, uh, I am, on the one hand, very happy to be in the same league as them. Uh, I, was, I don't want to say finally, because we were uh, in the same league as them in, in that COVID season in League One, uh, and they beat us uh, twice, the second time fairly handily at Home Park, if I recall, uh, on their way to winning the title. Um. And yeah, at the same at the same time, I will be incredibly miserable if we lose uh, and receive a text from him after full time. But there we go. That's Hull on Saturday wrapped up. And it just remains for me to say thank you and goodbye to those who have joined me on the pod this evening. Good night, Aaron. John, sorry. Good night, Graham, Dan, Sam. Thank you. See you. Cheers, mate. See you the next time that we ban Aaron from hosting. Oh one four eight two all together now. Oh one four eight two. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight two. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight two. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight. Oh one four eight two. Hull. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.